This is episode 145 of Parenting with the Focused Mindset. Today you get to listen in on my recording of the conference that I was in, of the Solution Focused Schools Unlimited Conference. Those of you that have wondered what a peek inside this conference might be like, uh, this is your chance to check it out. As my podcast listener and somebody who's interested in helping people find solutions in their life, I know that you're going to find this information interesting. Keep in mind that I always change the names of the students I work with. I protect their confidentiality above everything else. And you will hear some stories in this episode about the students I work with. You're not going to hear any specifics of who I was talking with. And I think that's an important thing for us to all to remember. Stories like this helps us keep our mind focused on what will help us be solution focused no matter what's going on around us. And talking about what's going on around us, in the next episode, I'm going to talk to you about the subjects that we spoke about at the Solutions Focus Mexico conference. And that is a group of amazing practitioners that are in Mexico using the solution focused approach in such amazing ways. I was able to speak at their second annual conference. So our next podcast is going to be a little bit about what I talked about there. And, um, Gosh, if you want to see some of those highlights, you can jump over to my Instagram, share the focused mindset, and you can get a sneak peek at some of the stuff that I did there. One of the things I enjoyed the most is at the very end, they all turned on their uh, cameras and many of them put up my book, 30 Days to Hire Hopes. They had already purchased it. They had it in their hands. And as a new author, especially of an interactive writing book that I know can make such a big difference in people's lives. It, it just really warmed my heart. It was such a touching moment. I can't even tell you. Anyway, let's get into this special episode. Welcome to Parenting with the Focused Mindset. I'm your host, Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a family mindset coach. I know that raising kids is quite the journey and doesn't always turn out as we plan. Here, we talk about the solution-focused approach. We learn how to celebrate when things are going well and how to deal with the many challenges that families face. Don't forget to hit subscribe, download, follow, so you don't miss any of the family-oriented, solution-focused content that I put out for you right here each and every week. Listening to this podcast will help you be the best version of yourself in your home and with the people you love. Hello, I am so happy to be here today. This has been a long time coming. I know that when I put this presentation together, uh, originally a lot has changed in my life. And I'm here to talk to you about the Solution Focused Success Plan and how to empower change. And, um, and I'm kind of gonna be the voice to the people who feel as though they might be a Lone Ranger on their campus that they don't have as much buy-in as maybe a couple of the schools we heard about say yesterday. That is amazing, amazing you know, goal to be at, but many of us are a solitary person doing the solution-focused approach, or we have a very small team of people that have buy-in. 
And I want to speak to you because you can put together a solution-focused success plan for your counseling department or your educational, your classroom, whatever you're doing that works for you, that helps you to stay accountable to what you, you have chosen to do, and that's to be a solution-focused educator. And that's what this presentation is going to be about because recently I was out of school for quite a few years in Corona and then this year I moved to a brand new school. And this school, uh, that's the big change I was talking about mostly, is totally different than the school I was at before. And it's a challenge, but it's a fun challenge. And I felt like, wow, here I am starting fresh again with nobody knowing what solution focus is. They even had a new principal and a new assistant principal. So all of their leadership had changed. And uh, rather than looking at it from starting from scratch, I said, you know, I already have a success plan that I know works as a solution-focused counselor, and I'm gonna implement it here, and it's okay if they're not doing it. So we're gonna talk a lot about um, how you guys can do that. Uh, you'll see I have a QR code right here. That is going to be uh, your ticket to getting a little website that I made just for you that you can put in your saved folders, bookmark it, whatever. Now and then I'll change it up and add things. It talks to you about everything that I do. I'm a solution-focused life co coach as well as a speaker, trainer, trainer, author now of my latest interactive writing book, 30 Days to Higher Hopes. And you can learn all about that, but more importantly, you'll see where you can put in for if you'd like to get the resources that I'm going to be talking about today, including lesson plans, uh, all kinds of stuff like that. So, uh, so let's get started. You see, if you think about it, really, perspective shifts happen in the counselor's office, but change happens outside the office. All right, so when you're talking about a perspective shift, that's the amazing thing about the solution-focused practice and why I love it so much is that we are able to help people look at something in a whole new perspective because we are talking about their preferred future, because we are opening their mind up again to dreaming. Because of that, their perspective begins to shift while they're in our office. But when does the change happen? after they leave the office. And that's powerful because we can remember that it's us believing in our client, the student in this case, and us believing in all the people that surround them and empowering each of those people that are gonna give that child the best chance to be able to have the success that we know that they can have, that we know that they will have. So, um, so I'm gonna tell you a little story. <laughs> Uh, why it was just after, let's see, I, I met Mario at the end of the 2020-21 school year. And I came across him again at the beginning of the school year when he was referred. And why was he referred to me? He was referred to me by that teacher because he was falling asleep in class. But during COVID, Mario was sexually abused and now that man was out of the home, Child Protective Services were in, are involved and made sure Mario is safe. He is safe for many, many months now he had been safe, but now he's in class and what's happening? He's falling asleep. The teacher says, you know, he does very little work. He's so low academically. He comes to school late often. And on top of that, like I already mentioned, he's sleeping all the time. I think he needs some extra support. So I went to see him. I walked him over to my office. His head was down. He was kind of shuffling along the way. And when I got to my office, I asked him, 
Well, first I said, I realize you've been through a lot over the past couple of years, and I am so glad you're here at school. I'm so full of joy whenever I see you here. And we just made that eye contact, that connection. And I said, I get to talk to you today about what's on your mind. And I'd love to find out some of the things that you hope for during this time. And I'll listen. And my hope is that I'll be helpful to you. And he said, okay. So I continued and I said, you know, your teacher said that you've been kind of sleepy at school. And he said, yeah. He said, of course I'm tired. I'm not sleeping at night. I can't sleep at night. I refuse to. I said, you can't sleep at night? And he said, no, I won't. And I try and stay up as long as I can. And it's not easy, but it's the only way. And I said, you feel like you have to stay awake? And he said, yes, because I don't want to have those bad dreams anymore. I dream about that bad man who is bad to me and I don't want to have him anymore. And I don't want to deal with it, so I stay awake. And his face was full of distress. But I realized that he had come up with a plan. He had come up with a strategy and his strategy was to stay awake. And I said, you wish you could sleep. Is that one of your hopes that you wish you could sleep all night again? And he said, I hope I can someday, but I'm really scared to try because the dreams are so big and so awful. I can't handle them. I hate it. And I said, Mario, that's a big challenge. I said, you were a good thinker to think of that strategy that might help. And he kind of stood up a little taller, like he was proud of himself. And he said, but I do want to sleep. I'm sleepy right now. I love to sleep. I said, I bet if you could sleep with a calm mind, what difference would that make for you? And he thought and he said, I bet you I'd feel much better at school. I bet you my teacher wouldn't get mad at me for sleeping. And then he sat for a while and we sat quiet. And he said, Mrs. Kretz, eventually I do fall asleep. I stay awake and then when I fall asleep, I don't dream, but then I don't wanna wake up for school and then I get here late and then I'm sleepy. I don't know, maybe you could help me, Miss Kretz. What do you think I should do? In that moment, I had swirling thoughts. I knew that I wanted to continue with the solution-focused approach, but I had the temptation of pushing away and just maybe becoming the expert or referring him or talking to him about his memories. I don't know. I just, I got that push like, oh, do I want to? But also I knew that this was deep, that this was, this is big trauma that this child has faced and healing is going to take time. And this wasn't any normal dreams. They were, these were dreams of unprocessed trauma that he had within him still. I mean, the child wanted to sleep. He wanted to be able to function in life. That was his wish. And I looked at his sweet eyes looking at me with all this expectation and with all of that in mind, I decided that I need to believe in his ability to find another solution. He already tried one. And I also remembered that I believe that kids do have power over their dreams and how they fall asleep at night makes a difference. So with all of that in my mind, I said, you have some, a big, powerful memory that's coming out in your dreams. And he said, yes, I really do. It really is. And I said, you know, your mind holds a lot of memories and a lot of thoughts and a lot of ideas. I wonder if you thought about another memory, a memory that you love. 
I wonder if you can make that so big and so powerful in your mind that right before bedtime you thought about it so much that it might help replace those awful dreams in your mind. Now in my mind I'm thinking, oh, I, he's probably going to come up with some memory. Maybe he went to the beach. Maybe a day with his mom. I don't know. But I needed to put the ball in his court. He's had to be the one to answer this. So I said, I wonder what you could think about right before you went to bed. And he thought for a minute, he's all, well, I like superheroes. And I could think about that. He said, when things were bad, I imagined that superheroes would come save the day. So I imagined that they could come save the day in my dreams too. He said, I bet they could come save me. <laughs> and so I rolled with that. And the rest of our session, we built, we built up this colorful, beautiful new narrative in his mind about superheroes. And we drew pictures of superheroes and we clarified the vision and we talked about it. We laughed about it and he acted out what superheroes do. And I said, well, before you go to bed, I'm going to check back. I want you to think about superheroes and all these things. And I'm going to check back and see how it works. So I walked him back to class and I'll tell you, I was wondering in that moment, I'm like, okay, how is this going to go? You know, I was, I, I, I was honestly thinking, all right, well, I stayed true to the solution focused approach and I helped him with what his best hope was. And I'm going to just, we'll see what happens. And sometimes we do go through those thought processes. And when I came back for the follow-up, first I asked him, I was, I asked the teacher, I mean, I came and I said, teacher, I'm like, How's it been going? And she said, you know, he isn't as sleepy and he's come to find, I, now that you mention it, he's doing a little better. He's been pretty happy. He's been uh, doing work. And I said, that's great news. And as soon as I saw Mario, he had a huge smile on his face. He could not wait to come see me. He looked like a completely different kid already. And when we got to class, I said, well, how's your sleep been going? And he said, I sleep great. He said, every night I think of my superheroes and they save the day and I don't have any more bad memories. And he said, if a bad memory is really bad and that dream wants to come, then it's your turn. And I was kind of confused. I'm like, it's my turn. What are you talking about? And he said, well, you are one of the superheroes in my dream. He said, you are superhero Kretz. And when I have a really, really dark dream, you come in and you fight. And I could, I'll never forget. He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the, what I did. And, and he said, and you fight away my biggest dreams. And I never have them anymore. And that absolutely touched me. As you could imagine, in an amazing way. It surprised me. In that moment, I had to look at him and I thought, he didn't do that work when I was with him. He did that work on his own with his own and powerful imagination. He changed his fate. He changed that day. He changed his life. And it's, it goes to show that no matter how big the trauma is that they face, no matter what age a child is, they need us to bring that solution focused approach that we have into their way of thinking through our counseling because they're the expert of their own life and they can find strategies that work and then you're empowering them. And then in a sense, you are your client's superhero. <laughs> so it all comes with believing in them. If I wouldn't have already decided beforehand that I'm going to believe in each student's ability to know what they need to grow, 
believe in the teacher's ability to provide positive learning environment like we're going to start talking about and believe in the classroom's ability to have a successful year of learning. All of these things are so important for us to be able to be in the right frame of mind, to be able to touch the kids right where they're at and make a difference. So we're going to talk about uh, my four-part solution-focused success plan. Everything I'm going to show you is simple. You're not going to see a thousand billion words. It's easy because that's what I need. You know, I have my counseling that I love. I also do coaching. I also write and I do a lot. So, you know, I need it simple. Basically, I look at it as four different pillars of support. We have my counseling conversations with the student, our counseling. We have our conversations with the teacher. We have our conversations with the parent and our classroom conversations. Each of these four quadrants need to be moving in a positive direction and you're giving support and offering support in each of these areas for them to be able to have a successful solution-focused plan for your counseling time with them. Now you're building connections. You're empowering them. You're listening to each one of these people and you're empowering them to help your client. Now. When I look at this this way, it helps me a lot because this you can do this no matter if you have buy-in or not. You can do this for yourself. You know, I'm a lone ranger on my campus as well, only being the only counselor there. I'm fortunate now to be uh, only at one site. Used to be multiple sites. Um, but being the only counselor there, I still need to look at it as a counseling program. I have a solution-focused counseling program that I'm offering, and it doesn't matter what program they adopt, I can use my solution-focused strategies within that. And if you have that mindset shift, then you can ask yourself, how am I doing in each one of these areas? How am I serving the student? But it helps me to understand what areas am I serving the student? Another way that this success plan really helps out is you can bring this to a meeting. You can bring this to a match fit meeting when you guys are deciding what kind of support a child needs. You can uh, show this to people and say, hey, he's, here's the areas that I'm working with this child. Because many times people will say, well, how many times have they seen the counselor? Or, you know, he's not seeing you because we are have noticed that with Solution Focus, they don't need to see us quite so often. But for those of us that are in some schools, especially elementary, uh, they want so badly to have help that they're like, well, he hasn't even been going to see the counselor. Well, one way that you can show how you're supporting the student is to have a plan such as this, where you're saying, well, these are the different ways that I'm supporting my client, this student. Right, so I, this is my example right here, but honestly, I did take this from an actual student that I'm working with right now. And I jot down the date and I jot down really quickly what I did. These aren't my detailed notes. This is just my success plan that, uh, it's like tracking it really. Uh, I'm doing this as I do it. It's not something I planned beforehand. You can just, you know, put four little squares and go for it. <laughs> um, you know, on 820, I had an intake with him, and then I had a meeting, and then I had a check-in, and then I started him in a group. 
uh, what did I do with the teacher? Okay, I had a conversation. I put the date down. I keep myself accountable. Am I communicating with the teacher? How am I doing that? What am I doing with the classroom and the friends? I kind of bulk those two together because what classroom presentation am I doing? How am I including the friends? In this case, on 9-15, I had him invite two or three of his friends to come on into my lunch, uh, my open lunch room where everyone kind of hangs out and does games. That's an intervention. How many times did I talk to those parents? All of this comes together. And this is what uh, my basic solution focused success plan looks like for each, uh, each and every student. I have one of these for each one of them. And it's all about leveling up, all right? We want to level up our counseling practice, our solution-focused skills that we are doing. We want to be there in a brand new way. We want to be a better counselor tomorrow than we were uh, yesterday. And the way that we do that is by looking at this whole, I, I kind of picture this as a little hug around my student that I'm working with, that this is, these are the people that support him. So I'm supporting them and it all works together to help him have uh, the best day ever, the best future ever, right? Him, her, whatever. Uh, we're just, because we're thinking of Mario with my example, <laughs> I hear a lot of he's. Um, but can, then, you know, you have all four of these and then you rate yourself. We're familiar with it. Why are we asking the kids to rate themselves? Why not rate ourselves just as much, you know? And that's what I do. I say, you know what? On a scale of one to 10, how well is my client being supported in counseling time? in parent support, in classroom, and with the friends, and with the teacher. And now and then I just give myself a quick rating. You can do that too. And as you do that, you, you can ask yourself the next natural question, what can you do to get to 10? What can you do just to get to the next level? Don't be so hard on yourself that you're beating yourself up if you're saying, honestly, I'm at like a, a three with parent support. Well, what can you do? But you know what? The goal is 10. Because what happens for me, this is the way I look at it, is when I'm able to feel as though each and every one of these areas have been served at a level 10, then the child is exited. I get this question often is how do you know when it, in a ch it's time to exit a child from counseling? And there's many different answers, many different ways. Some people keep them on their caseload forever. Uh, I have lots of kids who are referred to me. So I, I, I need to have a way to kind of like put them on the watch list rather than my uh, my concentrated effort list. And this is how I do it. I just rate it and say, hmm, where am I at? Now, counseling time. That doesn't mean I've seen them every single week, right? We know with solution focus, it might be that they got what they needed. And then I moved on to giving them some other type of supports. Maybe in some cases, I'm going to have way more communication with the parents or way more interactions with the teacher. Whatever it is that they need, I rate my level of support. And then, uh, and then I see how far it goes. I encourage you guys to give it a shot. Give it a shot with a handful of your students and see what difference it makes for you guys to be able to level up your solution-focused support in every area that touches them. So, um, so now let's, let's turn the corner a little bit and talk about supporting teachers because that's part of what my presentation is about as well. And empowering teachers is one of those four areas and it's super duper important. Uh, I found, I'm going to show you an example in just a minute of a solution-focused classroom chat that I did. I'm going to go back to talking about Mario. With Mario, I had three basic 
uh, changing conversations that made change with that teacher. And I'm going to go through each of those conversations and the basic questions that I asked along the way. So in the first conversation, she was telling me he's fallen asleep too much. He's late. He's low academically. She even told me, I don't even know if he's going to even respond to counseling. But what were the questions I asked her to get that information? I asked, what are you noticing? What's the biggest struggle for you? And what change do you hope to see? And, um, you know, I think I probably said, what change do you hope to see by him seeing me? You know, don't be scared to ask those questions because it gives you a lot of, of I don't know, intel <laughs> to work with. So the next conversation I had was before I met with him the second time. And I asked some questions like, what do you think might help him cope a little better? I also shared a little bit with her. I, I want to pause and let you know that sharing is important. You know, the teacher is with that child every single day and they have a relationship with that child. And it feels so degrading to them when we come in with all of our confidentiality and, and we just don't talk to them. And we're like, well, okay, thanks a lot. He's in our classroom. Um, I had a teacher tell me that at the school that I'm at. She goes, the biggest problem I have with counselors is that they never come in and talk to me and ask my opinion. And that's and sometimes when we talk to them, we want to share a little bit that doesn't break confidentiality, that just kind of brings them in as a, a person that can be a change maker for this child. And I remember in Mario's case, I said, you know, he's quite a problem solver. As you know, he had a lot of struggles and that you know about the CPS issues and he's been trying to figure it out. And part of that is the reason why he's not having sleep. He's not find, figuring out all the right reasons. He's still working on it. But he really is uh, quite a problem solver. Have you noticed that? And these things are just enough information about counseling that kind of brought her in. And I said, what do you think you might do to help? I asked her, tell me sometimes that he's learning best. I said, even with all these struggles, what do you think might help him learn in class? And in that conversation, she, you know, I can give him a place to draw, uh, especially if he's feeling overwhelmed. Um, and if he likes problem solving, well, you know, I'll help him problem solve. I'm gonna really lean into that, see what happens. Maybe he can help me solve some problems in class. And I thought that was a great step for us. That's wonderful. I can't wait to hear that, how that works out. Well, uh, by the time the third conversation rolled around, it was after the second time that I told you about, before I had him enter into an emotion management group that I had him also be a part of. And I said, what have you noticed is getting better? And what have you done with him that's made a difference? And in this meeting, she was looking at me. She was positive. She says, he needs a lot of TLC, but I see a lot of progress in his learning. And then she said, what I felt really showed the most change and warmed my heart. She said, if he comes in sleepy, I'm better off just letting him rest and not making a big deal about it. What a difference. And what difference do you think that this made in the life of the child, my client? Huge. Because when he talked to me, he noticed that the teacher was always talking to him about sleeping and unhappy with him. He noticed all of that. And he also, I'm sure, noticed this switch in his teacher. When she was able to see him, who he really is. And it was my pleasure to be a part of that process. To, through questions, not through sharing my expertise, allow her to come alongside and allow her to be a change maker and celebrate with her along the way as that happens. Even in the times when we 
when it's not a story worthy moment, we can follow these processes and even the smallest little change. Hey, even if it's not working, you could still say, well, you know, we gave it a shot. What do you think we should try next? <laughs> um, it's just so important that we empower the teachers. And the question you ask yourself is, are they comfortable with you? Are they comfortable with the person that you're being with them? And people skills are a part of it. Um, it's been, uh, there's a lot of research with people that if they start to agree with you and they say, yes, that's absolutely right, then a connection happens. And that's the, and there's, you know, the rapport happens. You know, when the people that you're closest to, you have some kind of rapport with them. You just right away kind of are gravitated towards them. Well, you want to be able to develop that type of thing with hopefully as many people that you work with as possible. Because the moment you have that moment where you feel that you're connected, that is the moment that then they're able to put their guard down. Before that, you know, they've, Many of them, uh, many people you work with, we'll talk teachers, administrators, whoever, students even, they've been through it. They know the answer that they should be saying to you and they'll just rattle off an answer. But if you really wanna to get to the heart of it and you really want them to share their hopes with you, you want them to let their guard down. And the way they do that is when they feel heard and understood, that's when connection happens. So are they comfortable with you? Ask that question and meet them where they're at. This is just so important for a solution-focused practice. Um, in a minute, uh, I, in the next slide, <laughs> there is a video and it might start right away. I, I don't think it's going to, but sometimes with this format, it starts right away. In this, this is a, a classroom presentation that I hope to do. My goal is that I do it in every single class. But this is a talk that I'm gonna give you a tip for, first of all, it can you can fill the word kindness in for any attribute that the classroom is struggling with. And we've heard from some of the other speakers about the power of a classroom unit, looking at them as a whole unit moving forward and how you can help them. And there's power in that because they are like a little family. They do spend a lot of time together. And if you can make a difference there, it makes a difference everywhere. <laughs> and um, this is on my YouTube. I made it public. If you want to watch it, you can later, whatever. It's really raw. It's not a big deal. But I always, I try to start with a mindful moment. Why? Because like we heard earlier in the conference, when we have a stressed out mind, we think about problems. When we have a calm mind, we think about solutions. So I'm no mindfulness expert. But I try and start out with a mindful moment and then I uh, character traits. You'll see how I go through each one of these steps. But the tip is do this about anything. You, you, you involve the teacher. You'll see that the teacher's typing and she's involved in writing down what I'm doing. So she has to listen to what the kids are saying and write it down. She's not just sitting there grading papers. Plus, I asked her beforehand, what is the biggest need in your class right now? So I can make this a leadership contract or a, uh, 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 I don't know, a homework contract. I don't know, any, any trait that she really wants. You could turn that into something they need to do in a positive manner. This, in this case, it was kindness. So let's listen. Now picture yourself in your kindest moment. Who are you with? Look at them and fill your heart with gratitude that they're in your life. Smile and breathe in and let your breath out slowly through your mouth. 
Now we're going to breathe in again and fill yourself with kind thoughts toward yourself, towards those around you, and slowly release your breath. Now, see yourself being kind. What kind things are you doing? Picture yourself being friendly, encouraging, supportive. You are solution-focused and kind. Breathe in, breathe out, and open your eyes. Do you guys think you're in touch with your most kind self right now, right? So we're gonna think of some, uh, some qualities of a kind class, some character traits of kindness. And I am being honest, honest. all right, helpful, respectful, wow. In the back, caring, considerate, ooh, that's a wonderful word. Loyal, now we're thinking, nice, polite, respectful, considerate, grateful, supportive, and loyal. Wow, that's a great list. Is that kind of how you felt when you were in that moment when we were closing our eyes? You guys feel some of these traits within you? That's because you have a kind heart. And each of you guys came up with this list because that's where your heart is. But you know what? Sometimes when we're out on the playground, our kindness just wants to run away. Especially if the teacher's not watching you and no one's, there's no adults really watching and we can start to do little things that we know weren't so kind. So when that happens, we wanna bring ourselves back to this list, all right? Now, the way we can do that is we need to step it up even more, and we need to think of what this looks like. So what are some actions? So if I was to say, oh, I saw that person, and he was being honest, give me an example of what that person might be doing. So they're being truthful. So that's our action, being truthful. And you're noticing someone on the playground that's just so upset, and they're walking around so upset. What would be an action that a kind person would do? Asking, what is bothering you? That's an action, excellent. If I say, oh, that person was nice and polite for sure, what were they doing? Can you think of a time you were kind? Yes. I was Yeah, cleaning things for somebody. Wow. So she remembers watering the plants that's doing chores. Saying, I'm sorry. There you go. You have a choice. And you can remember that my heart is kind and I know how it feels to be kind. And you can choose to have these traits. You can choose helpfulness and honesty and kindness, politeness, gratefulness. Your class could choose this to be the what you guys do all the time. And it can be like, what in the world is going on with those third graders? They're amazing, what is it about them? And then, what are they gonna, what, what action are we gonna see? You're we're gonna see people being yourself. 
and coming up to someone and comforting them and asking them to join to play and listening to them. We're going to see someone asking what happened when you see a problem with really true curiosity. And you're going to see people asking, how, you, how do you feel? Right? Empathy of saying, I felt that same way before. Wow, what difference do you think it would make if this happened for real with your class this year? Everyone would be kind. Yeah. Yes. Maybe other people would follow the example. Wow. Do you think that kindness could spread all around? Yeah. It really could. This is kind of like your kindfulness contract, right? So you can say, these are the traits that we want to see and these are the actions that we want to do. So, um, so I went on from there and did a little scaling and I couldn't get all of it on video, but you get the picture of how, how powerful it was when the kids keep coming up with the, uh, the attributes. Now, that was squished into five minutes. That talk was actually 16 minutes long, but a lot of the other place was being patient and waiting for them to feel comfortable to continue to talk to me. And that's why you saw the parts that I cut out where, I mean, that I, I showed where I gave them a little bit of a prompt uh, to be able to picture themselves being in those moments. But a lot of it was waiting and uh, not giving it to them and allowing them to come up with that plan. Now, the thing that that did that was amazing for both the teachers, that was actually two videos cut up because it cut off and I had to go to the other class, <laughs> um, was that they did have buy-in. They always have buy-in when I do this activity. And one of the teachers said, you know, we're going to all sign this and we're going to see if, uh, revisit it later. We're going to do a kindness activity. The other teacher said, you know, I wonder if we could focus on one of these each week. You know, all of them had a little way that their mind already started thinking about how they could use that list that I kind of like assisted them with. Now, if I would have come and said, you know, what you really need to do is blah, 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 and not modeled it for them, it might have felt like too much. But this is a beautiful way for us to support our teachers and support the students in our class and the classroom, <laughs> the whole deal. All right, so let's talk about how in the world are you going to do this? You guys have been in this conference. You're like, this is overwhelming. And I know that your mind is gonna wanna just say, you know, that was nice, but I have a million reasons why not to continue with this, especially if you're a Lone Ranger like me. You're gonna wanna think, oh, well, you know, maybe another time when I get more buy-in with the teacher, maybe I'll show them one of the conference uh, talks or something, you know, and you begin to back off of your moment of ch choice but you've chosen to be a solution-focused counselor or educator, and you can level up with that. But you know, you have to take care of yourself, and you have to scale yourself at where you are right now. I was doing solution-focused for about three years on my own until the district uh, shot out that the, my California Teachers Association was doing a training for Solution Focused, hosted, taught by none other than Dr. Linda Medcalf, Solution Focused Climate Specialist. And I was like, I gotta do this. And I wrote a proposal. It's a, it was like a six month program, if I remember correctly. And we were in person uh, in California. Well, that was January of 2020. So our class was 
very interesting, wasn't it, Linda? We uh, started out in person and we ended up uh, being completely disrupted and us not even knowing what the heck is going on right through the pandemic is when we uh, needed to do this. Thankfully, I had done my recordings because you have to record uh, yourself doing this before we went off for our pandemic uh, vacation. <laughs> Anyways, um, and you know, it changed the way I looked at it because I said, you know, I'm gonna level up, I'm gonna scale up during this time. And we all have the choice to do that at any given time. And you know, perspective shifts happen at a conference like this, but the change happens outside the conference. So be true to your moment of change. Say, where am I right now? And what can I do to get one step forward? And I'll tell you what, uh, Linda has been so encouraging to me and helpful. Just, I, 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 she's just been so helpful to me to say, continue on ever since that training, uh, continue on, continue on. And we all need people like that in our life. And it's partly come of her that I, because of her that I've been doing blogging and writing her and I started our podcast about the same time. And recently I, uh, I, put out on Amazon, an uh, interactive writing book, high, uh, 30 Days to Higher Hopes. And it, it's designed for you. It's designed because we need to pay attention to our solution-focused mindset. We're so busy helping everybody else in their solution-focused mindset that sometimes we don't slow down. Now, I have a, uh, a gentleman that I know where his daughter has a practice, and she's using it for her clients as well to be able to have a more hopeful mindset. You know, there's so much uh, research around the importance of hope and how it's attached to success and hopefulness. And feel free to contact me if you want to know more about that. And yes, I have the little website with the resources. Uh, the extra things you're gonna be getting in that is the solution-focused guide, the four quadrant thing, the lesson plan of the kindness activity, the entire lesson plan, including the entire mindfulness thing, and a place you can click if you want me to read it instead of you, uh, with soft music behind it. Anyways, and understanding hope, solution-focused training uh, I have through my um, podcasts. I put them all in one place, all the ones about hope, so you can really do a deep dive about how you can be more helpful and you can help others. And then my hopeful monthly hope notes. Some people would much rather connect through Instagram. Cool. I try and put up videos in my classroom, little stories, little things that I'm doing with the kids. Uh, if you guys wanna uh, have me come and do some training for your school district or uh, anything like that, just get a hold of me, email me. I love to be a part of your life. And I'm so glad that I got a chance to talk to you. Now, Linda, do we have any, let's move on to some questions. I hope you enjoyed this underground replay of part of what I spoke about in the Solution Focus Schools Unlimited Conference. And you should consider joining us next year. You'll absolutely love all of the speakers at that conference. What a joy to be a part of that. And I want to remind you guys that I'll have links right here in the show notes, right here in the comments below that will help you to be able to find more information, more solution focused information for you, for your family. Uh, you'll see a link to the podcast. I'll even, because you're my podcast listener, I am leaving you also the link to all of that information that I talked about in this conference. And until next time, I hope that each one of you have an amazing day. Go out there, make a difference, smile, and have a good one. Until next time, keep in touch and take care.